You are listening to the Call to Action Podcast, where we aim to inspire, educate, and inform entrepreneurs and self-starters on tech and tips related to navigating this ever-changing world. Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to episode 35 of the Call to Action Podcast. I am your host, Shantae, and today we are having a fireside chat with Ethan McCaffrey, who is a published author and a musician. But before I bring our guest on to the show, I have an inspirational quote that I'd like to share. And here is the inspirational quote for episode 35 of the Call to Action podcast. Life isn't about finding yourself. Life is about creating yourself. So let's listen to that one more time. Let that sink in. Life isn't about finding yourself. Life is about creating yourself. And that is from George Bernard Shaw. If you missed episode 35 of the Call to Action podcast, as always, it is a must listen. That show, I would say, made history for my podcast because that was the first time that I had three guests on the show at once. I had Shanae Chase, who is also known as The Love Mentalist. I have Drew, who's an author, and he's known as A.C. Merkel. And I also have Ethan McCaffrey, who is a musician and an author, and as you heard before, is the guest for today's show. Now, that show was loaded with a lot of great information that any indie author can use. So make sure to go and check it out at ctamarketing.biz. When you're there, click on podcast on the main menu to access that podcast, as well as previous episodes. But in the meantime, take a listen to this short clip from that episode. We we were kind of, I was kind of joking, you know, because we've joked about it a bunch. And then next thing you know, it's, oh, this is happening. Okay. So let me see. Let me see if I can play this back at how this unfolded. Shanae's on Twitter. She wrote the book two years ago. She put something something out there on Twitter. Ethan sees it. He's like, oh, yeah, I can put some music to that. You start working on the music. You guys never even talked to each other with all of this at all. And then you bring in Drew. Shanae writes the lyrics. And you guys never talk and you have a song. Like, you know how amazing that is? Yeah. I mean, we talked like with love. Oh, we talk, I yeah, mean, we you're, I mean you're, ta- you're texting, right. But yeah. I mean, like, I work on projects all the time. I'm talking to the person. <laughs> we're doing video calls. <laughs> we're doing, you know, we're doing chats, all that cool stuff. Like you guys, not even a phone call. <laughs> but that well, is like so cool to just how you use technology to make that happen. Again, you can hear the full episode on ctamarketing.biz, so go on over and check it out. As mentioned in the intro, my guest for today's show is Ethan McCaffrey, who is both a musician and an author, and Ethan's going to share some information with us about his music. So Ethan, welcome to the Call to Action podcast. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on again. I know. It was so much fun last time, wasn't it? Well, we'll try to make it as fun this time, too. Good, good. Love to hear that. Love to hear that. Now, Ethan, as you already know, you got broke in on my last show, right? Because, you know, I like to do icebreakers, right? 
So you gave us your superpower, and I was thoroughly impressed with your uh, ability to be uh, what invisible <laughs> at your height of what right. six foot six. Yep. <laughs> so today we have a different icebreaker. If you were to sing karaoke, what song would you pick? Well, since I am a musician, I can say I actually have sung in front of an audience, and it wasn't karaoke. It was actually as part of a musical performance. Um, many, many years ago, uh, I was part of a, a musical project where I actually got in in the city that I lived in. I got in with the musical, some of the musical people there by doing this project. Um, and what we did was we did a lot of different cover songs over Memorial Day weekend. So as part of that, you were able to select five songs of your own to do. So one of the songs that I chose one year was a song by The Doors called Riders on the Storm. So when you perform Doors music, especially if you're the vocalist, you become kind of hypnotized by it. It's, it's, Jim Morrison was a very, very spiritual man. So in singing the song, and I sung it in front of a band, you know, we did it live. Mm-hmm. Um, in singing the song, you kind of become Morrison. It's, it's, it's difficult to, you know, it's difficult to explain, but you do kind of become him, right? So went through the song, went really well, did everything. So I walked off stage, walked past some friends of mine from college, and they were looking at me like, what happened to you? <laughs> so you really got into it, huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you can't help it. You can't help it doing that t- that from from the doors. And it's just it's it's funny. And and a band that I was in, we used to close sets all the time with uh, "Break on Through," and our singer would flop on the ground and just totally go crazy. And we had to do it the last song of the set because he couldn't do anything after that song. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> The power of music, right? Yeah, we try to do that. You're always searching for the magic. Yes. That's what makes it worthwhile. Yes. You know, that's what I love about music. Honestly, I just think it just, it melts barriers. And um, mm-hmm. I think no matter where you're from, you can go to Japan and hear music. You're going to hear music in Africa. You're going to hear music in America. You're going to hear music in Alaska. You're going to go to any part of the world and you're going to hear music. And uh, Absolutely. Yes, yes. I just and if love you it. listen to it, you can understand the culture that produces it. Ethan, thank you for sharing your choice of your karaoke song, which is the Writers of the Storm by The Doors. And now... Obviously, you're into music, right? We we definitely know that. So what we want to know is, what did you say? For a long time. A long time. (laughs) Now I got to ask, how long? How long has it been? Mm -hmm. Um, Well, I started playing music when I was eight years old. So that was 1970. Wow. Yeah, that is a long time. (laughs) So I've been a musician off and on you know, since, you know, ever since. No, that's awesome. That's great. So now that leads me to ask you, when did you know that you wanted to write music? So you, you write music. Do you do lyrics as well? Yes. 
Okay. Okay. So yeah. just let the audience so, know. When did you know? Mm-hmm. Well, so I want. I knew I wanted to be a musician very early on. Obviously, um, I learned how to play the bass in 1975. Um, and then, as any musician, pr- pretty much every musician learns by playing other music that they like, mm-hmm. and learning. You know, learning various tricks and and techniques and all that kind of stuff you do that long enough then you develop your own style and once you develop your own style you don't want to play other people's music anymore you want to do your own music so it's kind of an evolution to that i started writing music in the early 90s i was actually in a um i was actually in a project that had major label interest oh Um, wow but but didn't didn't go anywhere and uh, what I learned from that project mainly was that I didn't want anything to do with the regular music business because there's way too many things that are out of your control to, to make it, quote unquote, mm. right? You have to have the right product in front of the right people at the right time and then be willing to take on a fairly large amount of debt and bet that you're going to be able to pay it off with record sales going forward. At least that's the way it used to be. Okay. It doesn't work that way anymore. But I'm very happy just being somebody who plays music to entertain myself and entertain other people. Um, and like I say, you make that transition when you have learned enough from the people that you love growing up that, okay, I can go off and do my own thing then. I'd say early 90s okay. is when I knew I wanted to write music. Yeah, you know, and it seems like... And now, now keep in mind, I do not sing <laughs> and I do not write music, yeah. but I love music, That's fine. right? I'm a fan. I love music, mm-hmm. but it seems like music comes from within, you know? So I, I get what you're saying. Like when you're talking about um, not really wanting to go the commercial route, you know, and, and signing with the label because of the control and things like that. But yeah, to me, it's like, if you're an artist, like it comes from within you don't want anyone telling you what you can and can't do with that. I would think, I would think. Right. Well, you, you, you write music just like you write books because you have to, you know, if you, if you're, if you become a musician because you want to get a lot of chicks, you're in the wrong place, (laughs) (laughs) you know? Yeah. Um, it's, you, you, you do it because you have to get it, have to get it out. You're, you're investigating things, right. Mm -hmm. And, and you're trying to express yourself in a nonverbal way from a musical perspective. Um, the other reason why I do it is because I'm fascinated with the technology of doing it and being able to do that all by yourself uh, on a computer sitting in a room somewhere is so different than what it used to be even 20 years ago. You had to get studio time. You had to hire producers. You had to have the big machine behind you in order to produce music. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was I was thinking the other day is how many people throughout history up until the you know the last twenty years or so how many people throughout history have been wonderful musicians and wonderful writers and they couldn't get published and they couldn't get uh, they couldn't get their message out beyond a small group of people that were around them. So now we have an amazing opportunity. To be able to do that all by ourselves for relatively little cost. So I think it's a very exciting time to be alive. That is true. 
Yeah, that is true. From, uh, yeah. Oh, wow. Production perspective. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. So, yeah, because thanks to like, you know, with computers and the software that you can get, a lot of stuff is free now, you know, when you're doing your recordings. Mm-hmm. And then even with, uh, I never kind of jumping ahead, but even with like, you know, YouTube, you can have someone record mm-hmm. you and put it out there and you never know who can see you, but you're definitely going to be exposed to a lot yourself. of people. Mm-hmm. No, it's the, the project that I'm in currently, it's just me and another guy. And then we have some guest musicians come in every once in a while, but we record everything, we mix everything, um, and we produce everything all by ourselves. Wow. Now that brings me to the song that I listened to that was Bogo Mental. I'm going to play a clip of this as well so people can hear the full song at the end of the podcast. But I really liked it. Now, you got to share the story with that. What? How did that come about? Absolutely. Okay, so I was a uh, traveling consultant for a very long time. Uh, I'm in uh, information technology. So I was a, a traveling consultant for quite a while. And I had the opportunity to go do an engagement in Bogota, Colombia, South America. So when you travel that far to do an engagement, you stay for a while. I would stay for four to five weeks at a time. So I was in a country, the the first time I had ever been in a country that was non-English speaking. So Mm. on the weekends, I spent a lot of time in my hotel room. (laughs) 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 You know, but I had my portable recording stuff with me. I was able to bring it with me and it's not, not so big that it's difficult to bring with you. Yeah. I was able to do that, right? So I would just play around on my sequencing software in the hotel room. One weekend when I was there, I came up with the basis for this song. And I recorded a couple of synth parts and a bass part, a bass synthesizer part and a drum loop for it. And then put it up onto Dropbox and sent an email to my writing partner. And I said, hey, I got a new idea up there. Check it out. See what you think. Right. Mm -hmm. So I went to work Monday, you know, Monday morning, came back Monday night, fired up my computer and he sent me an email. He says, there's two guitar parts on there. Tell me what you think. (laughs) So we were off to the races (laughs) writing this song. Okay. Uh So uh, we called it Bogomento because I lived in Sacramento, California, and that's where my writing partner lived too. Mm -hmm. And I was in Bogota. So Bogo. Mento. I was wondering where that name came from. Right? Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. So it's Bogota, Sacramento. Right. So uh, when, when thinking about lyrical ideas for the song, I thought I would do something different and also attribute to my, the fact that I was in Bogota. So what I did was I picked out four quotes that I wanted to have my friends that I was making there in Colombia read in Spanish for me. Okay. So, so I picked out four quotes. One of them is from Albert Einstein. One of them is from Richard Feynman, who's probably the greatest physicist of the 20th century. Uh, Although not many people have heard. I haven't. I was going to ask you about Uh, him. I'll look him up later. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, his, his claim to fame was, is he, he blew the lid off of the Challenger uh, disaster in 1986. Okay. He figured out why it happened. Okay. And he was he was part of the the committee that did that, and it was it was brilliant. So anyway, and then the other two quotes are from the movie Doctor Strangelove, which is one of my favorite movies, probably my favorite movie of all time. Okay. 
So, so what I did was I took those four quotes, I put them into Google Translate, and then I printed them out in Spanish, and then I gave them to my friends. My friends corrected the translation. And one of the reasons why they had to do that is, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but um, Mexican Spanish is different than Spanish Spanish. Mm. It's kind of like how how Canadian French is different than French French. Okay. There's different idioms and different different ways that they say things. Like in um, in Mexico, if some if you say you're welcome, you say de nada. Right. In Colombia, you say con mucho gusto. Okay. Yeah, that's right. different. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So yeah, a little bit, little different. Oh yeah. Right. So they correct. So they corrected the translations for me, and then they said, "Okay, well, what do you want to do now?" I was like, "I want you guys to come over to my hotel room." There are three of my friends. Mm -hmm. I want you guys to come over to my hotel room one afternoon, and I want you to read these things into my computer. And they said, "Do you just want me to read?" I'm like, "Yeah, just read it, right?" Mm -hmm. So all three of the guys read all four of the passages, and then I picked out the best take out of the three for each of the four passages and put them into the song. So six months later, I was back in Colombia at a different client in Medellin, Colombia. Mm -hmm. So we were having a week-long workshop and uh, anybody who's been at a workshop knows that it's just incredibly long and boring and tedious. Yeah. Mm -hmm. right? But it's important work that needs to be done, right? So one of the breaks I asked through the translator uh, to the people that were in the room is like, is it okay if I play some of the music that I create, you know, for you guys and, you know, hopefully you'll like it. And they said, yeah, sure. You know, that's fine. So I played that song. It was pre-production, mm -hmm. but you know, it was, it was an almost finished version and they're listening to it and they're, they're liking the beat and everything. And then the first Spanish patches patch comes mm -hmm. in and they'd like, Oh my God, it's in Spanish. <laughs> I thought you were an American. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. Uh, I bet. <laughs> oh my gosh. So what were the quotes that you used? The ones from Einstein and the others? What, what were the quotes? You, you know them or remember them? Well, what, yeah, well, what, well the, the, my favorite one is from Dr. Strangelove. Okay. And since you haven't seen the movie, I'm going to have to set the scene for okay. you. <laughs> okay. So this is a movie about a potential nuclear holocaust. Okay. And it's a dark comedy. So it's done comedically, but they're talking about a general that goes crazy and sends nuclear weapons off towards Russia. It's made in 1964. Okay. So, so Peter Sellers is playing a British um, army officer who is the support guy for the guy who went crazy. And the, the military is trying to break in to get the, um, get the codes from the guy because he's the only guy that knows what the code is to recall the bombers. Okay. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, he's talking to, um, he's talking to a, a colonel who's got an M16 on him and he's trying to convince him that I need to make a, a phone call to the president of the United States to get the bombers recall because I know what the code is, right? Mm -hmm. And the, the colonel doesn't believe him at all, right? Okay. So there's, you know, so they, they come to a point where he doesn't have enough money to make the phone call. So he points at a Coke machine and he says, there's, there's change in there. Shoot, get coins out of there. Shoot the machine and get coins out of there with the gun. And the, the colonel says, all right, I'm going to get your money for you. 
But if you don't get the president of the United States on the phone, you know what's going to happen to you? What? You're going to have to answer to the Coca-Cola company. <laughs> okay. So that's one of the quotes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking it's going to be some like deep, you know, uh, motivational quotes. <laughs> the, the ones from Einstein and Feynman are. Okay. They're talking about quantum physics. Okay. Right. Okay. And then I balance that with humor. Yes. Yes. Yes, I get so. that. That's cool. And I like I just listened to the song like I was saying before. I was like, wow, this is like good stuff. Um so well, needless to you. say, Ethan, I will be asking you for more music. Um because mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I did like that That's song. That's fine. Yeah, I did like that song. You can you can get all of our stuff on YouTube. Okay. Okay. All available there. All right, good. I will definitely be checking that out. And it doesn't cost anything. Either. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> see, that's the beauty. And see, now you having your music on YouTube, everyone can listen to it. And we can just share it and share it and share it all yep. over the world. Yeah. It, you know, the last last uh, last episode that we did, I talked about music aggregators. So we go through a music aggregator to release our music. So our aggregator puts it on 40 different services. So it's on Amazon. It's on Google. Uh, it used to be on Google. Not Google's not anymore, but it's on Apple Music. It's on YouTube. Uh, basically, anywhere you get music, you can find our stuff. So, Ethan, you have a lot of experience as a musician. You've been in, involved in music, you said, since you were eight years old. Um, you've done a lot, um, including that beautiful song that you wrote that was called Bogomento. I keep bringing that up because I do like it. I'm definitely going to share that at the end of this podcast. Um, awesome. Yes, yes. But what advice would you give to any upcoming or aspiring musicians? The best advice I can give you actually comes from a movie from 1998 called That Thing You Do. It was a Tom Hanks vehicle about a band that was a one-hit wonder in 1964. And the drummer loved jazz, right? So he was at a jazz club one time, and he got to meet his idol, a guy in uh, the the movie's name is Del Paxton, right? Mm -hmm. So he's talking to him over drinks after the, the musicians finish up. And Del said, Del, Del gave him the best piece of advice you could possibly give to a musician. He said, y'all just need to keep playing. Bands come and go. Just keep playing, no matter who it is you're playing with. Just keep going. Just keep playing. Makes sense. That's really basically it. Okay. <laughs> you know, just it, it, it's, you're going you're gonna to run across a lot of different people uh, as a musician. It's just kind of natural. The people, you know, like Air, the bands like Aerosmith mm-hmm. and and Rush, they were together for decades. Those are the major league outliers. Most bands only last five or six years if they if they're successful. Wow. So you're going to play with a lot of different people, right? Yeah. So you have to be open to playing with a lot of different people because you learn from everybody. You you either learn what to do or what not to do. Both are equally valuable lessons. Right, right. That's interesting. You know what? Um, I I did an interview with an author, and 
her name was T.T. Banks. I'm, you may be familiar with her from the writing community. I know T.T. Yeah. Yep. And you know, when I asked her the same question, but it was about authors, like what advice would you give to authors or writers? And she said the same thing, but it was writing. She said, just keep writing, keep writing. Like don't Absolutely. stop. Yeah. I, I agree 100%. It's the same thing. You need to keep your blade sharp. Yeah. Basically. So I do a writing prompt every day on Twitter. I actually do two of them every day, religiously. Wow. Because I need to keep my blade sharp, you know, and, and you, you have to come up with something that's interesting for people to read and different than what you've done before in 280 characters. Is that challenging? It's a challenge. I was going to say. It's a challenge. <laughs> You're probably refining, like typing, like, oh, wait, delete, delete, yeah. delete. It's too long, delete, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to be, you have to be really kind of short. It's really kind of a soundbite type thing, right? Yeah. But I'll give you another, and then, you know, another example of that I'm actually part of a uh, anthology that's going to be coming out this weekend um, uh, that has to do with romantic fiction with a crime basis. So there's there needs to be a crime committed. Okay. Right? And we were given, and we were given. A three thousand word limit on our short story. I found it impossible to tell my story in three thousand words. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> it's like you know what? I know there's a bunch of development that needs to happen in this story, but I can't do it because you gave me this limit. So. So how did you handle it? I just basically said, you know, this is this is what it's going to be. You know, I know there's a bunch of questions, and I'm sure the readers are going to have bunch of questions but part of the issue though also is that it is a chapter out of a work in progress that i'm working on so there is stuff that you know about coming in that i couldn't put in because it's part of the you know so we'll see how it works okay. we'll see if you know anybody responds to it okay okay um so this 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 just just for your edification this this particular work is a science fiction thing where um a ship of uh, a ship of uh, you know, astronauts get hits a, um, a vortex, basically a black hole, and they get thrown back into history individually. There's ten of them. So I, I've got a story to get to where they get to the black hole. They go into the black hole, and then I tell ten individual stories about the various crew members, and then they come back and they learn something from these stories, and then the rest of the the rest of the the other story happens wait in less than three thousand uh three thousand words no that that this per this particular one is one of the 10 short stories oh okay okay for for the crew members okay so okay it's all, all very complicated but it's science fiction so you can do anything that is want. true that is true <laughs> yes that is definitely true so and that comes out this weekend you said yeah it comes out this weekend okay Okay, you'll be posting that on Twitter. You'll be sharing that information. Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. I'll be looking out for it. Cool. All right. Um. So now that you've uh, shared all this really cool stuff about your music and what you do, I know people are going to want to know, how do we find Ethan? So Ethan, share your contact information with us. So you can find me on Twitter at writeethan, W-R-I-T-E, and Ethan, all one word. Uh, you can find my website at writeethan.com uh, that has both music and uh, writing on it. 
you know, links to links to my books and links to my music. So you can go there to find um, the musical projects that I've done. I've actually done two projects. One of them is the one that I do with my writing partner in California. It's called Audiot Savant. So like Idiot Savant, except Audiot because we're, you know, we're musicians. Right. <laughs> um, we've done three CDs over the last 10 years. And then um, I did a song, I, I did a, a record in 2018 for Christmas time, something I always wanted to do. Instead of sending Christmas cards to people, I wanted to make a CD one year wow. and send the CD to people. So that's what I did. So that's really nice. The that's audience unique. want stuff is, yeah, thank yeah. you. Um, the audience of on stuff is, um, is progressive rock and the, the other project, it's called Phaedrus Rising, and that is ambient music, so relaxa relaxation music. So you can listen to that while you're working. Yeah. Right. Working, sleeping, whatever, you know, just where you need to have focus or calm. Okay. I'm interested. So, um, yeah, I was I was actually driving through the uh, Arizona desert when I was uh, when I was writing this, so I had it on I had it on my iPad iPod, you know, so I could listen to mixes and you know make notes on that kind of mm -hmm. stuff. And it was it was kind of surreal to listen to that type of music driving through the desert. Wow, <laughs> that sounds cool. So, Ethan, what I'm going to ask you to do is to make sure you send me links because I want to post this mm -hmm. with this podcast on the site Absolutely. because. Absolutely. Yeah, and I'll even embed some of your YouTube videos too. Like, I, I really like this yeah. Bogomento song, so I will be sharing that. <laughs> and uh, I'll also give you a couple couple songs that I think you should feature. Okay. Yeah. Send them over. Send them so, over. Yeah. Appreciate that. Yep. All right. So uh, this has been great. Like, uh, I enjoyed having you on the show. You have that mellow mm -hmm. DJ voice. You know, kind of laid back. Yes. I used to be a <laughs> DJ, so. I am what I play, as David Bowie would say. Yeah, I, I could tell. I got that, that laid back nighttime DJ voice. But uh, no, it's been yeah, great. Yeah. I've enjoyed having you on the show. It's kind of mellowed me out, I guess. I think usually I'm like all super high energy. I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of laid back today. Okay. Well, I'm glad to have that effect on you. <laughs> all right, Ethan. So, okay, one last question for you. Did you have any uh, last words of wisdom that you want to leave with the listeners today? Yep. I'm going to leave you with a quote. I, I, I reference movies and TV shows all the time. So this one is from the old TV show called Kung Fu back in the 70s. David Carradine was the lead. Okay. He said, I do not seek to know all the answers. I seek to understand the questions. Nice. Thank you. Yes, I like that. And thank you so much for having me on the show. No, thank you. It was a pleasure having you. I was a pleasure having you last week. And I was like, he has more to say. I got to have him back. So I want to thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I want to thank you for coming back. And then also, for, again, for sharing that song. Just as you can tell, I, I like it. So <laughs> I will be having that full song here in the podcast at the end of this. They're going to be able to listen to it. So everyone, that's going to be available for sure. So again, I just want to say thank you for being a guest on the Call to Action podcast. And just thank you for sharing your music and how you got started and your karaoke song and how you got took over <laughs> by the doors when you did yeah. that. I think that's awesome. For everyone else, this concludes episode 35 of the Call to Action podcast. 
And as I mentioned in last week's episode, I'm mentioning the code. Now, I'm the one that wrote this. So like I said, I will be sharing this quote because I actually like it. It's, it. It came for me and I like it. It's, it sticks and uh, it's been working for me. So the code is this. The journey begins when you take the first step. Courage, optimism, determination, and enthusiasm are the tools that will help you along the way. Until next time. Thank you for joining me on this episode of the Call to Action podcast. Make sure to visit me at ctamarketing.biz. There you can find articles for entrepreneurs and self-starters on tech and tips related to navigating this ever-changing world. Until next time. Hello, Shante. This is York from the Poetic Rhythms podcast. I just finished listening to the show that you had, and it was incredible. You did a really good job with all, for your, for your first time, all three guests. And I was blown away by the creativity of creating a song for, for a book. It's just, just an incredible idea. And I just want to encourage you. You're doing an, you're doing an amazing job with your show overall bringing out the very best in your guests. And again, fabulous show. Es esencial. Esa es toda la idea de esta máquina. Ya sabes, la discusión es el arte de producir en la mente del enemigo. El miedo a los ataques. Y así, a causa del proceso de toma de decisiones automatizada e irrevocable, lo que descarta la intromisión humana. La máquina del juicio final es aterrador y sencillo de entender y completamente creíble y convincente. Ok, voy a conseguir el dinero para usted, pero si usted no recibe al presidente de los Estados Unidos en ese teléfono, ¿sabe lo que le va a pasar a usted? Usted va a tener que responderle a Coca-Cola.
ciencia es una manera de enseñar cómo tiene algo a ser conocido. Lo que no se sabe hasta qué punto las cosas son conocidas. No se sabe nada en absoluto. Cómo manejar la duda y la incertidumbre. Lo que las reglas de la prueba son. Cómo pensar las cosas para que los juicios se puedan hacer. Cómo distinguir la verdad del fraude y del mundo del espectáculo. nos obliga a buscar una base nueva y más sólida, el físico no puede simplemente entregar al filósofo la contemplación crítica de los fundamentos teóricos. Para, él mismo sabe mejor y se siente más seguro donde aprieta el zapato. 